All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. What's up? How are you? Welcome to my home. I'm good. Yes, I I got home and you were uh, two dark figures walking up the steps. <laughs> so I was like, what's happening here? Yeah, normally you 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 come in and we're like cleaning up from dinner. You've we been just... in in the house for hours. You you've so seeing you like walk up the steps, I was like, are they being mugged right now, or is, is that them? <laughs> are they moving out? Are they being home invaded? <laughs> no, we had dinner with my folks, so. We were just getting home. I've been home for three minutes, and now we're already podcasting. We're straight into it. Yeah, jumping right in. There's no no in-between time for you. No foreplay. No, this is real. This is like when they say Regis would show up at like 9.58. Is that true? Yeah. That's he was they, just ready. He'd like get out of the cab and not have time to sit down. Like he'd keep walking while they powder his face. It's all about the spontaneity, Pippa. He walks right out with Pippa. And, uh, and then, you know, after that. Life got more complicated for everybody. It's true. Those were simpler times. Those were simpler times. Mm-hmm. How are you? How you doing? Good. You're feeling well. Feeling well. Good. Feeling well. It's nice to know that my body still works. There was a point where, you know when you've been sick for so long that you're like, maybe this is just my life now. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I really got there. Or a similar version of that is not being able to remember what feeling good feels like yeah yeah like, it's i'm like, never gonna i'm never gonna take feeling good for granted again you're almost like really embracing the fragility of life <laughs> like, <laughs> ah man i'm sorry it was such I an existential good. experience for you having salmonella i guess kind of in the like in the in hindsight it was the, the weird thing is when you get really sick your your sugars skyrocket yours I, do or everyone's do uh, as a diabetic, yours yeah. do now. There's, I think there might be a slight spike for other people, just like fighting infection. Your your blood sugar, I think, on the whole, tends to go a little bit higher. Right. But there's no governor on someone with type one diabetes. Right. So you get like outrage. So it's when your sugars are high, it's harder to fight an infection. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like the snake eating its own tail thing. Like your your sugars get high and then you can't fight the infection and then the infection gets worse because your sugars are high and you can't fight the infection and your sugars cycle. go higher it's like crazy okay um so i was taking like heroic doses of insulin to try <laughs> to try to like i was really just like jabbing myself like consistently trying to keep myself down right anyways once i started taking the proper prescription it was like, boom, game changer. Night and day. Night and day. Like, is within a day. Salmonella in the food poisoning family? It is. It's one of those things where, like, not all food poisoning is salmonella, but oh, salmonella okay. is always food poisoning. Is botulism salmonella? No. Um, I don't know if botulism is, like, a different bacteria, but, yeah, what is... Botulism yeah. comes from, like, old cans and stuff. Well, right? that's... Exactly. So that's how I remember it from, from health class mm-hmm. in junior high, that botulism sounds like botulism. So, it, like, right. it sounds like I, okay. you get it from containers. And in particular, from, like, if a can is dented at the grocery right. store, don't buy that can because right. the the atomic makeup is compromised or something. Which I, I don't think is, like, a thing anymore, really. Like, I think maybe that was when it was, like, a certain type of material... That was being used for these cans. Oh God! I don't think the like stu- the stuff we learned in are... health health class that isn't material anymore. Right? <laughs> it yeah. probably wasn't then. Yeah, but I, totally. I was, and I was even thinking of that. Like I had a, a cold stream that I thought tasted kind of weird, and I was like, mm. "Is this botulism? Maybe, <laughs> or is that just like 
could it you know with some of these smaller companies like i'm i suppose the quality control wouldn't necessarily be the same as like a, a huge brewery this is just an example by the way we have no reason to think that any particular local uh <laughs> no, bottlers exactly. or have any kind of quality control problems in fact we're a big fan of their product absolutely i'm drinking one right now <laughs> but you're doing good i'm glad yes okay. yeah made the full comeback feeling 100 percent. and we never we never solved the mystery right no okay here's here's the thing i have reason to believe it was probably a chicken skewer i ate four hours before i started feeling pretty gross okay the chicken skewer seemed fine no one else got sick Mm. um i am extremely like uh um mindful of when i'm eating things like chicken yep what i think might have happened was if there was a small bit of salmonella Mm -hmm. that everyone else was able to kick my system was down from having done that 50 kilometer bike ride. I knew it was the bike ride. And no, this is just my like pet theory. I'm sure no doctor would agree with me on it. All right. But maybe. Yeah. Uh, because I it's, was just it's like. It's for sure true so, that no one else did that that day. So. That, that is, yeah, that's what I said too. <laughs> I was like. That's the difference. I was like, was there something in the air? Was there something on my bike seat that like made its way into my body? Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey man, I'm just saying. A lot of thoughts were going through. Yeah, my well, head. your first armchair theory made sense to me, and then when you started talking, about <laughs> I that, started talking about osmosis. Then, through. <laughs> then I remembered you're not a doctor. That's right. Yeah, that's absolutely <laughs> right. Well, you should have seen what I was throwing at my doctor too, and my doctor, God love him, yeah. was so thorough and was like, "No, uh, gallstones wouldn't make sense because your triglyceride levels aren't like." super hot and i was like oh thank god i'm talking to a doctor about this right now but i was just <laughs> bouncing stuff off him it got to the point where i was worried about i don't know if i mentioned lyme disease you did say that i did yeah. say that, that would be really shitty yeah but yeah. i got tested for it anyway so haven't heard back on it i'm assuming i don't have lyme disease good let's hope not yeah although that's one of the last ones for you it's one of the last of the Mohicans. one of the last diseases yeah yeah that's right uh what have you been watching so one of the things that i've been watching that's not um the shows that we're going to talk about tonight. We finished the matrix series, the matrices. So you had watched the first two as of last week. The first one holds up as a masterpiece. Second one is maybe starting to age a little poorly. And your memory of the third is that it's actually kind of bad. It is bad. Okay. It is objectively bad. Okay. At like everything on a, a later watch, I was like, man, grade eight me mm. was spot on about this or maybe it was grade nine. Maybe it was early grade nine. Me. I guess those are the two things that can happen, right? Like generally when we're 14, 15, we're not very critical. We just kind of like all movies because they're kick-ass. Yeah. So if you start to suspect a movie's bad, even at that age, it's probably a bad sign. But the inverse of that is I thought maybe you'd go in with such low expectations that you'd actually have an okay time. No. One of the things they do is they, they bring in this whole like, you know, the world outside of the matrix, there's this big battle going on there. And they, they introduce so many characters and focus so much on this battle for the actual like system that Mm. you don't see Neo and Trinity for like 60% of the movie. Jeez. Yeah. That's a huge mistake. (laughs) And then they like, everything seems so abrupt after that. And it ends very abruptly and it doesn't really conclude. Like just it's it's very messy and you're like, I don't even know where Neo went. So are they <sighs> making a mistake? Assuming this part four uh doesn't make any strides to tidy up the loose ends of part three, are they making a mistake or is it better to just like let that lie and move on to a new chapter? I think it's better to try to redo it, yeah. honestly. Like 
I like that they're trying to start it over again because I'm like, if they can end this in a cleaner way, I'm kind of on board with it. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone held the trilogy to that level, like I like I mentioned. Like the first movie is is in like you know Mount Rushmore territory. Yes, but after oh, yeah. that, like no one really cares as much. Yeah, um, I feel like the Wachowskis at that point might have felt like pressured to do it and lock out thrown together. Studios there. love trilogies. They do. You know what I say that? And like we've come to make it so that studios love part fours. So it's true. Yeah. It's totally true. So um yeah, I'm I'm pumped for it. We watched the trailer again afterwards and Jen's Jen was like, Oh, I'm in on this. Like I okay. I wanna see it. So it's richer with a fresher memory of the Matrix. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Like sense. it was it was cool to go through it with Jen, but watching the third one, she was even like, Why are we like in this world for so long? Like why are we supposed to care? What like what are we just completely ignoring these other things? What about this guy? Like so so yeah. Uh finished that. <laughs> Excited for the new one. Also, the other thing that I watched on the weekend was I haven't seen any of like the nineties shows or the seventies shows on CNN. Have you seen these oh, at all? Yeah, I think my folks watched this. I kinda like it. Okay. The reason I like it is because I love watching even like the 2000s. Um the 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 tagline on it was like I want my MP3. And I want my <laughs> MP3. That's right. And the whole thing that I love to hear is people try to reverse engineer like cultural things. Yeah, okay. Like after September 11th, everyone was just ready for like to get back to real, like to get away from the whole like boy band and girl band sound. Yeah. And then it like has a clip of like the strokes playing last night. And it's like, so everyone was just ready to like hear this like new birth of, of like real music and like kind of gritty New York sound. And then it kind of goes through like the whole like white stripes. And it's like, but ultimately it was going to be, uh, the people that were like designing their own beats that were going to make the real difference. <laughs> and then it shows like Kanye West, like, like making a beat or like but la- is the Lady under- Gaga. Is the something. undercurrent thesis there that Kanye West is successful because of nine 11. That's the thing. Like it's so fun. It's like how economists say, like we can't predict the future. We right. can just like basically tell you what happened based on the past. But a lot of times these connections that they're making are so kind of outrageous. Like nothing really exists because it's not all like a butterfly effect thing. Right. Sometimes people are just like, they've been working on this sound for a long time. It just happened to coincide. So this falls in line perfectly with an article I saw today because it's the 20th anniversary of Zoolander. And so, and so this, this is like an essay analyzing how it came to be like a cult favorite, but didn't start out that way. Right. And they refer to it in the title of the essay, um, as a post nine 11 flop. And I'm just like, I'm pretty sure the two have nothing to do with one another. I'm very sure of it. But, but now, yeah, it's exactly like that where it's like, everyone just wanted to get out of their minds and like watch something silly. Yes. And that's why these movies were such a success. And it's like, well, I don't know that there had to be a reason for people to just want to watch a silly movie. Well, no, and not everything is literally Lorne Michaels asking then Mayor Rudy Giuliani, can we be funny? Because even that is kind of 
obnoxious, but and it also has like different colorations in today's world. <laughs> right. But um, that show is like a New York institution. Mm-hmm. It's very different from just like a movie made in Hollywood or an alt rock record cut in like Las Vegas or not even in North America. Like it's, we're just like trying to attach too many unrelated things. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. So this CNN show is like a like a documentary, like talking about culture in an era and it just moves up through the yeah exactly it's just like the the tv like history of the sitcom history of this exactly yeah. it's which i love like mm-hmm. i could watch it forever if it weren't for the commercial breaks i would sit down for if it was like a saturday night i would sit down from like nine to like 1 a.m just watching this and kind of loving it similarly rob Lowe is coming out with this special on netflix I, he's just the host of it but it's okay. it's of the same format and it's essentially um the history of the hollywood cliche i forget what it's okay. called but like they'll delve into the birth of the wilhelm scream and all the different places it's been used or like hacking in movies or right. or all the different things that we've seen again and again and sure. either, either work and that's why we keep using them yeah. or have like aged very poorly or now they're considered like real scapegoat tropes in movie making nice speaking of tropes and shows um have you seen the new John Stewart show yet? I haven't, but I saw a little feedback it on it. It just premiered it last like, night. I just think. came out, yeah. Yeah. I think that the thing that people are saying is like it's it wasn't super funny. It was more like kind of John Stewart kind of going after people, but like maybe without as much humor. Yeah. Well like he doesn't he, have an audience. I think that people laughing is very essential to John Stewart. Mm, mm, that could be true. Otherwise he just seems crazy and mad yeah yeah and you kind of thought if anything he was kind of the guy who didn't seem crazy and mad he was kind of the guy who was always like laughing at what was what was happening like if anything john oliver's maybe yeah i don't know that he's more self-serious but like john stewart there's a difference isn't there yeah i just think that you know what it is john stewart could do more with silence than than john oliver John Oliver is a great talker, and so is John Stewart, obviously. But like sometimes John Stewart would throw to a clip, and they'd cut back to him, and he'd just be bug eyed, and he wouldn't say anything. Or he'd like, yeah, be like looking at the the screen. Yeah, and or then, he'd like stare down at his fingers and twiddle his thumbs, and it would all be a part of the comedic timing. Right. One of the big things for him too would be like if someone said something ridiculous, like, like this person is like as dumb as a bag of Cheetos. Yeah, he'd be like, but. <laughs> Cheetos. Let's hang up on that for a second. Yeah, he'd be like, "Yeah, surprisingly delicious, <laughs> satisfying." Yeah. And all the while, people are screaming with laughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I wonder if, I wonder if he's kind of, I don't know if he's like not necessarily lost that touch. Maybe he doesn't care as much about being funny. Maybe his, maybe he wants to just kind of prove more of a point. Maybe yeah. it's not being billed as much of a comedy, although I think it is. Well, I mean, he's going to be funny. Like, why else would we want him? Yeah, yeah, it's right? true. But also, like, he retired from the previous thing we know him as, and so mm-hmm. he's not going to want to do that either. Right. And being a feature film director is actually not panning out for him very well. Right. So maybe he's just struggling to find his footing. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I watched uh, Spectre. Remember I said I was going to rewatch the That's most right. recent James Bond movie? Watched it this weekend. It's actually not not unlike Quantum of Solace, Upon second viewing, it's actually not bad. It was okay. It's just 45 minutes too long. Mm. It's not like a little too long. There's a middle hour that has no action sequence. 
Yeah, what's so, what's happening? In a that? lot of talking, man. Oh, a lot of like Rafe finds talking, and so like there there's some great action in it. I think actually, uh, the Christoph Waltz of it all is kind of a misfire. It, like it mm. should be the greatest thing That's ever. That's right, and it's kind of like oh yeah, this is actually not what i hoped it that's, would be that's why i find it so weird that he's like back in this one well part of it is like christopher waltz is a good actor but he's also a little one note he's like arch and right. and villainous mm-hmm. and and so maniacally evil but we've seen him do that in a couple of different uh fashions already yeah and this is a Django, a little different in that he's kind of a good guy in Django, but yeah. still kind of like the same like quirky vibe right he's just not evil he's not that quirky inspector he's just evil but mm. Uh, Javier Bardem in Skyfall is quirky and evil and scary and that's one of the greatest uh, like supervillain character performances I've right. ever seen he's almost like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Mission Impossible unreal he's like I'm gonna kill your wife <laughs> yes I'm gonna, throw, I'm gonna throw her off the plane yes and you know who is in uh, Spectre which I didn't remember is Andrew Scott hot priest from Fleabag yeah who is so magnetic right and he's such a good villain in sherlock but he's just kind of wasted inspector yeah he's kind of plays like a bit villain kind of a bit villain he kind of plays like bureaucracy villain right right you and i were texting a little bit about uh more things that we love about once upon a time in hollywood yeah we both rewatched this movie right i'm kind of having a fun time just going back and forth thinking about scenes in once upon a time in hollywood that we really loved and and uh you mentioned the the kind of western scene with the little girl Julia Butters is the actor's name. Are you, she, and she's just <laughs> sensational. And are you talking about where she's talking on the front deck with him or the actual acting scene where well, she says like that was the best acting that I've ever okay, seen? Okay, so kind of both because yeah. yes, definitely. I think overall my favorite scene in the movie is when she is like explaining to him method acting on the porch and he's reading <laughs> right. the book and like he's clearly the book is just an allegory for his life and he starts to cry. She's like, I don't like names, but we can talk about that later <laughs> because you're upset. Uh, and she calls him Caleb because that's his character's yes, name. Yeah. She's like, it sounds like a really sad book. I'm practically crying and I haven't even read it. Yeah. I, yeah. I love that scene. But then I think my favorite moment in the movie is, yes, after he nails the performance, he throws her on the ground and he's like. And she's I'm, like, I'm wearing knee pads. I throw myself down. Sometimes, sometimes I throw fun. myself on the ground just for fun. And then <laughs> she whispers psycho. in his ear. That was the best acting I've ever seen. And it's, it's. He needed it so much. And he like basically almost breaks down. Yeah. Like he goes, he's on such a roller coaster. He gets all of his highs and lows from his career. I'll tell you what, like I just watched Wolf of Wall Street and uh, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood back to back. Nice. And it's wild to me that Leo won for The Revenant. Yeah. Because those two performances are bang a gong. Totally. They're so good. Totally. Are you excited for Don't Look Up? Really excited for Don't Look Up. They released a a little snippet, mm-hmm. like a longer version of the scene from the trailer yeah, where they're it. in the Oval Office. And I love that Meryl Streep is like, obviously she's like played one of the more famous TV or uh, movie villains of a generation, but this is not Miranda Priestly. Like she's yeah. like the president and a troll. Right. And, and Jonah Hill is like, this is completing his scumbag trilogy. Right. After uh, War Dogs and and uh, and Wolf of Wall Street, like he's he's gonna play like such uh, an antagonist to Leo in this. Yeah, I, I saw him post about it, and he was like, "You guys are going to love this. He's such a douche." Yeah, he Instagrammed. Yeah, yeah. wait until you get a load of this asshole or yeah. something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, what's your take on Jonah Hill these days? Because like I read his interview in GQ okay. with with uh, 
who's the maker of that movie? Adam McKay. Adam McKay interviewed him. Oh, no On way. the beach because like he has like lemon juice in his hair he's now. He's big into like surfing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think he's coming back around. I think we're we're we haven't seen the best of Jonah Hill yet. I think so too. I I watched a a little. It might have been a GQ video actually, mm. and like there was something that made made him really endearing for me. And like you know how he would get like super self serious sometimes, or yeah. like almost like angry. When we, like, we struggled with that at first when we just saw him as. Seth from Superbad and he wanted to be more than that. It was hard for us yeah. to adjust. But there was a thing where like he's talking about a hair product that he uses or something. It was like a 10 things I, I can't live without. Oh, I love thing. those. Yeah, the I watch GQ them all the time. Yeah. So uh, he has this like hair product and someone's like, can you like put it in your hair or something? Like what? And he was like, no. Yes. And he goes, you do it. <laughs> and he like throws <laughs> it out to him, which I just found was like, like before he would be kind of offended and mm-hmm. be like, Abs- no, I'm not going to do that. Like, right. and almost give those like, like dagger eyes. I, I, the, the dagger eyes that springs to mind is, uh, he was a guest on Jimmy Kimmel a couple of years ago Yeah, and he comes out and Kimmel hugs him and Jimmy starts the interview by saying, you smell good. I wouldn't think of you as someone who would smell good. Uh. And Joan Hill is his feelings are hurt. Yeah. Right away. He's like, right. I'm going to have to like try really hard to not be offended by that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and there were, I even read another interview where he was like, there's a couple times where he was like pretty sensitive. Yep. But I think, yeah, I think he's like understanding maybe why people viewed him that way more. Mm-hmm. And also maybe he's just over the whole, like, I also think he's just got like a he's, cool girlfriend and he lives on the beach and he's just like doing what he wants to do now. Yeah. And, I think he um, fulfilled his goal with mid nineties, but that's maybe not his opus yet. I th- I think that he's right. got another thing in him. But he's happy. I think that he's moved on to like like to be in Martin Scorsese movies. Yes, be in Adam McKay movies. Right. And he's like, I'm not. He knows that he's not just Twenty One Jump Street. Oh. Although Twenty One Jump Street, amazing. Of course, yes. But you're right. People take him seriously in all circles. Mm-hmm. Yes, he rubs shoulders with the very best of the best. Right. I watched, um, for the first time ever, speaking of uh, uh, surfers, I watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh, okay. You hadn't seen it. So you have seen it. I have. I've seen Dazed and Confused, and so spiritually, I always kind of thought of them as the same thing. Oh, no. They are different. Yeah. There's a there's no Damon in uh, Dazed and Confused. Damon is so interesting. Is what there, a- like, what's the, what's the general consensus about Damon? I don't, re- I don't exactly remember, but I remember being like, Oh, villain! I, when he starts, when he starts talking, I'm like, is every line of his eighty yard? Because he's sound, his voice is so weird. Yeah. Um. Yes, there is a. There is who plays Damon? Is he like a famous actor? Yeah, it's it's not like uh, okay, cool. No, like half of the people in this movie are like incredibly recognizable, mm. and then half the people were like never seen again, pretty much. Right. Um. So the, the like, if I'm comparing it to Dazed and Confused, there's such an optimism to Dazed and Confused. Yeah, like Ben Affleck and the paddleboard aside, like like that yeah. is like, hey, this is the first night of the rest of our lives. And Fast Times at Richmond High is kind of feels like the opposite of that. It feels it's like there's, I mean, she gets an abortion, and it's just a small portion of the movie. Totally. And also like the whole uh, Spicoli's going nowhere thing. Yeah. Like it's kind of a, a dark sadness to it. Like. like- 
yeah, I remember watching it being like, people love this movie? It's one of those vibes. You know what, though? It was kind of a good hang. Like, I, I, I thought I put it on, like, just to get a load of it. And yeah. I had no urge to turn it off. I was it, invested. It, it wasn't Dead Poet Society for me. No, it, exactly. It was like, I, if I stumbled upon it again, I probably would watch it. But I remember being like, because we're in an era where not everyone has watched Fast Times. No. Like, a lot of people have watched Days and Confused. You'd yep. be, like, hard-pressed to, to walk into a group and go, who here hasn't seen Days and Confused? I think, like, The Breakfast Club is a better example. Like, tr- truly everyone has seen The Breakfast Club. Yeah, but uh, but even, like, I don't know if I've watched the full Breakfast Club. Like, I don't know if I've ever sat down for a full session. I, I've really? only It's only been on TV that I've oh, seen buddy. it. But, okay. So I, I know, like, pretty much all of it. Yeah. I think I know the broad strokes. This is wild, though. I was just finding this out now, that you've never, like, made the time to sit down and watch The Breakfast Club. I've never done, like, a... This is a big moment i've never done a full like pop the dvd in or start the movie and watch it front to back okay but i think i've caught the whole thing on tv sure yeah it's it's still striking to me ferris bueller is that a better example yeah of course i've and i actually have like i own the dvd like i've watched it front to back that's my favorite john hughes for sure ferris bueller um sorry i kind of cut you off but yes not a lot of people have seen or not everyone in our generation has seen fast times anymore but you walked away liking it i did here's what i think is culturally misleading about fast times at ridgemont high this is not sean penn's movie so how come these posters are all him Mm -hmm. and only him this is jennifer jason lee's movie and the other nerdy kid and damone and phoebe cates well okay if we're if we're making a um a comparison spicoli is to fast times to what wooderson is to Dazed and confused. Correct. And how small is the Wooderson part? How crazy right. would it be to put Matthew McConaughey solo on the Dazed and Confused poster? Yeah. He's just like an interstitial character actor. Totally. Not a character actor, like a caricature actor in between the scenes that matter. And he has yeah. like a small plot line. Mm-hmm. And he's great. Yeah. And it's my understanding that he like created a bit of a cliche. Right. Um, but it's not the part of the movie that matters. No. No. Yeah, it's a... It's an interesting watch. It's one of those things, too, where you're like, am I... You need to look at it through the lens of like him creating this character. You know who's, otherwise, who, it's not as interesting. Who's good in this movie is Judge Reinhold, who plays her older brother, who's like nerdy and yeah. gets fired. I think he's really good. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that where you're like, man, they were big. Mm-hmm. They were like the top of their class at the time. Yep. They could... This might have got them like any other part. Like the name Phoebe Cates, I think, was like huge you know what i know years what i know phoebe cates from so she has like she's acted once since 1994 she's been married to uh the actor is it uh kevin klein she's been married to dave from the movie dave oh wow for 30 years they had two kids she retired from acting she um i know her only from having been like the one that all the kids in stranger things have a crush on Okay. They talk about Phoebe Cates and I didn't know who that was. And it's because she made like two cult classics yeah. and that's it. And she's like gorgeous. She's in like, this a, movie. yeah, a, like there's like an iconic her getting out of the pool scene. There is a pool scene where it's like, th- that's what they're basing. Like the Stacy's mom scene 
off of a hundred like red bikini video. like yeah, that's like I, I didn't slow, realize that slow-mo coming out of the pool it's the same shot yeah and she's good in the movie but it's my understanding that she just became like such a, a sex symbol in spite of herself that she kind of felt like she didn't have anywhere to go and so she changed lanes yeah uh which is pretty sad but which like sucks it really sucks she's like a, she's one of the quintessential nude scenes in a movie conversations mm-hmm. um which is interesting because like there's actually more nudity from Jennifer Jason Lee. It was like a very blue movie at times. Right. And I guess that was supposed to like illustrate was the Jennifer Jason Lee self nuzzling. She wasn't. She, she was wasn't. Not. She this was is one of those total. instances. And I've seen this also with uh, Ralph Macchio and Cobra Kai. Some of these people who are very famous in the eighties were good actors in the eighties and they're not anymore. They actually were. Yeah. Huh? I don't know how maybe, that happens. Maybe it was the drugs. Maybe it was the drugs. Like, I honestly think that could be a factor. Like, they were just, like, like in a different headspace. So there's a Phoebe Cates phenomenon that I read about yesterday. Okay. Where uh, when, like, at the at the genesis of, like, rental stores, Blockbusters, uh-huh. every rental video store's copy of Fast Times at Ridgemont High would clip around the pool scene because so many guys were renting the movie. Rewinding And it. rewinding and pausing and rewinding and pausing. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Yeah. That wow. that is a that is like a real like physical manifestation of your I don't know, your power. That's your, your your influence on movies. That is such a thing. Yeah. Wow. I'm I'm like slightly embarrassed sure. to be a man. Oh god, every day. Yeah. <laughs> no question. I've also been watching AP Bio, which I it took me a long time to get around on that. Do you That's, like it? It seems good. Yeah, he's just Jeff Winger meets Mr. D. Okay, interesting. It's the same. He's like smug and people are nice to him for no particular reason because he's not very likable. But you can see how very slowly the kids are going to wear him down and Mm -hmm. he's going to actually care about them. Nice. And Patton Oswalt's funny and Paula Bell's funny. Uh, I just started watching Love on the Spectrum, which is like Netflix just put it the second season. And it's like, it's not a like Queer Eye formatically. You just like follow these people in their little slice of life experiences. And it's uh, people on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. At least in the episode I watched last night, it's three different people kind of coming out of their comfort zone and like going on a date. Wow. And it, it's kind of, I think it's what people get out of the great British Bake Off. It's just like, it's feels so good to watch it. Yeah. It's just so sweet and, and entertaining and. You root for them. That's good. Yeah. It's got heart. It oh, doesn't, yeah. It, it's not like, you know, it's cheering for them. It's cozying. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only other thing that I've been watching is the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. It's good. Good. Good overall series. Mm-hmm. Very funny people on it. Very funny, like, guest stars. Oh, that's good. Cons- like, yeah, consist Like, some of the guests that they have on the show, actually very impressive. That doesn't surprise me because uh, it's got like a cool factor. But without having seen much of the show, I'm kind of surprised that the show works that people can come in and out of it. It feels like, yeah. you know how the Adams Family was like almost no guest actors in it? Right. It's it's not like that, like because they have this universe of like like vampires and stuff. There's a whole like vampiric council mm. that like Taika Waititi's on. And then there's like episodes where they're kind of on trial in front of the whole vampiric council and it's like Tilda Swinton. Oh my and, God. And like Wesley Snipes is there. No. Yeah. Like it's really crazy. Speaking of Taika, I really feel like I have to give reservation dogs another go. 
Yeah, I think so. Why is, is there? Okay. There's talk I, about I believe it. that. Yeah. I believe that. Like we both gave it our ass, I, I think. It'll be at the Emmys next year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I, I was down to watch more of it. Me too. I just get just distracted. A, just a hard show to find. It's like all these HBO Max shows. L- Love Life. I want to yeah. watch Love Life so bad. I want to watch the other two so bad. Did you see the trailer for the new Love Life? I did. Yeah. Yeah. With Cheedy. Yep. Looks good. William Jackson Harper, my yep. sister's friend. Yeah, they're buds. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, really quick, obligatory uh, Jeopardy check-in. Yep. Because Maya Bialik was on James Corden the other night. Right. By the way, she's so friggin' unlikable, it's ridiculous. Oh, really? Well, just separate from the Jeopardy thing, her first segment is just all about how she doesn't like musicals. You know how some people don't like musicals? That's sure. fine. She seems to think she's doing like stand-up comedy, but she's doing that thing where she's laughing more than anyone else is. Ah. It is so cringy to watch, I can't explain it to yeah, you. Yeah, that's tough. She's like talking really loud, and her takes about musicals are not interesting, by the way. People just break into song. It doesn't make sense. Right. Yeah, but neither did I the- I feel awkward for them. Yeah, neither did the freaking Big Bang Theory, you <laughs> maniac. Uh, then they talk about Jeopardy, which is fine. And Corden was like, you know, he was just like courteous about it. You're doing a good job. Congratulations on, you know, having this job for a little amount of time. And what she said that kind of struck people uh, weirdly is that she doesn't, she didn't realize and she doesn't understand why the hostship of the show should matter so much to people. And I think what she was trying to say is something that I've said before in the podcast is that the contestants should be the star. Right. But, it comes off, it really reads as this tone-deaf uh, detachment from people's affection for Alex Trebek in particular. Oh. And she was just kind of trivializing this thing that, look, there's just no other way to put it. It was a dominant story. And people very obviously care about this job. Yeah. You can't have been at the center of this. You can't have been in the building for all of this right. and claim that you don't get that it matters to people. Yeah. And so it just seems like maybe you're not, you don't have the the respect for the institution that we're going to require at this point. Now, I read the interview and I didn't quite read that way. Interesting. To me, but I, I didn't watch the clip. Okay. So you just like read the quote. I just was reading through like, Maya Bialik was on James Corden yeah. and like, yeah, it just took excerpts. You know how boomers love to rattle off the exact ingredients of a Big Mac? <laughs> I... I want to say I do. It's a but thing I, that boomers do where they remember a commercial from the 70s, which is like really fast list of everything sure, in a Big yeah. Mac. Uh, very similar. Boomers love to tell you that uh, Mayim Bialik has a PhD in real life. They love uh, to tell you that. Oh, yeah. And at this point, I don't care. PhD just means you're really good at one thing. It right. does not mean you're good at this show or well, that you deserve she it. She said she would suck on Jeopardy. Yeah, she did say that. That's right. Yeah, that was one take that I was like, oh, interesting. You don't even think you'd be good. I think I think that's also concerning. I want someone who'd be like, I would dominate. Alex had Jeopardy. a sense of uh, of intellect. Yeah. Yeah. Ken Jennings. Well, I mean, Another obviously, <laughs> come on. At this point, it's like, there's just like, what are we pussyfooting around for? There is an obvious heir to this throne. Right. Give the man the job. That's how I feel. This is crazy. Uh, as soon as you left the podcast last week, yep. I checked my phone. And while we had been doing the podcast, the news broke about the Super Mario movie. And I was oh, like, no, yeah. we should have talked about this. This is so weird. It's so weird. They did a Nintendo Direct, which is where Nintendo announces like the season of releases. And it's usually video game based, obviously. Yeah. But they also announced this movie with 
Blue Sky or whatever, like whatever animation studio is actually not the best because um, it's not DreamWorks, it's not Pixar. They're making a Super Mario movie, uh, and the cast is it it reads like 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 fan chosen, right? It re- yeah, it reads like you you've got a like fantasy budget. Yeah, you can pick. So your choices are like okay, I'm gonna take Chris Pratt, I'm gonna take. Charlie Day, yeah. Anya Taylor Joy. I've got like a ten thousand dollar budget. I'm gonna allocate Seth Rogen, two thousand for yeah. Jack Black as Bowser, right? Keegan Michael Key, Fred Armisen. The list goes on and on and on. It's it's really strange. Yeah, it might. I mean, yeah. So it's gonna be animated. Is yeah. it is it from like the same office that brought us the same office, the same studio that brought us Sonic? I don't know. I don't think so. No. No, because that's... Li- that's Sega. That's live action. Um, Sega's actually owned within the Nintendo, Nintendo bubble now. Corp. Uh, but no, no. It's. I think it's probably like the same studio as like Sing. Gotcha. And like Minions maybe. Sure, 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 sure. Um, most of the cast is great, honestly. Like I'm good with Andy Taylor-Joy playing Princess Peach or Seth Rogen playing Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. That makes a lot of sense to me. But Chris Pratt is nonsense as super mario and i guess it doesn't matter who it is because the voice is so specific yeah well it's but there's, like, there's another there's a deeper discussion to be had there too about his homophobia no oh okay chris pratt's oh yeah uh, i didn't hear about it yeah this. well he just like it's nothing specifically he's done but he like will not denounce his church which is like quite overtly home anti anti oh, yeah gotcha rough yeah. I think he's like low key, a little red state. Gotcha. Chris, Chris okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, uh, I was gonna mention um, the original Super Mario's movie, which was live action. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> as Luigi. Right. I remember watching it, and at the time, being like, "Man, this movie rules." Yeah. But I, I think it ages very poorly. Like, oh, I think I it's just, like one of I the worst like, movies ever. Awful. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But I think you could do kind of a more interesting live action than a than a an animated thing. Well, and like, but the the discussion I guess I was gonna say was more about like kind of cultural appropriation. Sure. Uh, you know, I mean, Pete like, Holmes has a joke about how for some reason it's okay to be racist against Italians. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think it's just because it's like the more the fact that there are so many like 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 descendants of italian heritage right and it's not like they're necessarily super hard done by in I guess. north america i guess um it's same with like irish people yeah or like england you know it's it's like that's there's there, there's not a historical mass oppression of that culture as compared to others right yes so um anyways i just wonder how they'll play that <laughs> well, like there is a guy who has done the voice of Mario for the video games for years. I forget the guy's name, but like he's huh. he's within like Nintendo Superfans uh view, like a hero. He's like an icon. Right. And so I think a little bit about that movie Christopher Robin with Ewan McGregor and how yeah, they yeah. got back the same guy who plays Pooh to play Pooh. 
and I don't see why we couldn't have done that for this movie. Is like you're still stacking the cast with like all those with other everyone famous else. people. Yeah, and but they'd get to be Char- like, and the original voice of Mario. Yeah, people would be psyched about that. And Charlie Day is a great Luigi. Like I think yeah. these are good calls, but Chris Pratt it just makes no frigging sense. No, that's that's one where they were like, we could either go Tom Cruise or Chris Pratt. Which one are we? Choosing? Like, is he just gonna start out by being like, let's go, and then he clears his throat and he just sounds like. The, the dude from Lego Movie yeah. slash the guy from Jurassic World slash Andy Dwyer. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, maybe they just like give him a regular voice. That would be, that would be even weirder. It would be weird <laughs> for Mario. That wouldn't make any sense at all. Um, a thing happened on The View. I can't believe more people aren't talking about The View. <laughs> <laughs> and like normally I wouldn't care. But this all aired as part of the show. And so you can see the clip and it's fascinating. It's the okay. start of the broadcast. And you know how like on like daytime talk shows, sometimes the producer will be talking to the host. Yeah. And you kind of feel like like Mike like Michael Gelman. Gelman. Like Gelman. I think Ellen does it a little bit too. Um, and so they start doing this and they're like, okay, we're going to need you two. And they pointed two of the four women who aren't Joy Behar. I, f- I forget who, who they are, but like two of them, they're like, we need you to come off stage for a second. And then there's all this like, okay, we'll tell you in a second why they have to come off stage. Anyway, they get pulled off the show during the show. Right. Because they have COVID-19. Right. <laughs> I Yeah. Why did they make this all? Actually, I get why they did it. That That's good TV right well, there. Well, I guess it is. But like, was it state? Like, I get that they have to do COVID tests at work. And that's great that they do that. Yeah. And maybe it has something to do with that, the fact that the guest was going to be Kamala Harris. Oh my god! Like she was like there was like they were gonna say like Joy is like trying to understand what's happening, but she doesn't know why she's these like, two cares? are being pulled off. She's like, who's what? Who cares? <laughs> I can still hear uh, Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. Um, so they pulled the two off, and Joy is just like, okay, well we're gonna come back, I guess, next with uh, with Kamala Harris, and then the producers <laughs> are like, no, we're not. Yeah, she's got to stay off stage for <laughs> yeah. a little bit. So she just didn't go go on. No, they threw the commercial, and I don't know what happened next. But like, it's so weird to me mm, that they a didn't Colgate ad played. They didn't wait to, they didn't wait to like get their tests back before they started the show. <laughs> yeah, what a weird thing. The vice president's in the building. Like we are alive right now. A bunch of Secret Service is here. You gotta go. Can we be more careful, please? This is crazy. It's a it's a very surreal thing to happen on TV. Yeah. So I encourage people to look I, up. That I can't clip. wait until we watch uh, uh, the 2020s on CNN 10 years from now. <laughs> and they go like, America wasn't ready. This was what spurred the super DJ I still remember. Phenomenon. I still remember where I was when I saw the view people hold <laughs> off the view. Never forget a moment like that. When I saw them say like, Kamala, Kamala Harris <laughs> couldn't actually join that day. No, we need to get the Lysol wipes in here before the VP comes out. That's right. Uh, Beck Bennett, not coming back to SNL. I know. I, I, a real twist. We, I, I realized he was my favorite character on the show. Yeah, my favorite, my favorite uh, person on the what show. What do you think happened? Pretty clear to see. Probably Lauren Holt got fired after. Yeah, after eight years, I think though. I think they signed an eight-year contract. Seven. Seven-year contract. Yeah. And this was going into his eighth year, or did he do eight years? I don't know. Maybe but he did th- a one-year contract. He's he's yeah. he he's free to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's unlikely he got fired. Right. Um, although they've done weird things like that before with Karen Killam, they fired him. Um, and an even bigger surprise is that like the people who we thought for sure were going Cecily strong. I mean, Cecily strong. She seemed for sure to be going right. And there was a real chance it could be Kate McKinnon as well. And there was a real chance it could be Pete Davidson as well. And And even Aidy Bryant. Like, yeah. Like why, why is 
she's got another show happening. Well, that's over though. Is it Trill ended? Yeah, season oh, three wow. done. Yeah, okay. um, that's a good point. I forgot about Ad Bryant. Yeah, I mean, what this really shows is that they were all waiting for better deals because mm-hmm. they're also past their seven years. Jen made a good point. Like Peach just does whatever he wants anyway. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're just like, yeah, if you be on the show, like you can take weeks off at a time. In every you can do other thing, every out of house interview Pete gives, he's like, yeah, I don't know why they have me there. I don't really, I like they treat me like shit. And like you know that character where he plays, I, I don't know if like the character's Chad. name is Chad. Is it Chad? Yeah, it is Chad. Yeah, he hates that character. Oh really? He's like the whole joke of the sketch is I'm a fucking idiot. And, right. Yeah. Wow. And so, like, I, I remember when he did an interview about that, and I was like, wow, okay, he's, like, not totally happy. <laughs> the most offended I've been and also, like, found great humor in it was when someone at work at the radio station told me that I reminded them of Chad. That's insane. Because I was like, <laughs> I think it's because they told me to do something. I was like, okay. <laughs> or just because how you said okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it was like, you, you are Pete Davidson. And I was like, oh, no. That's not fair. He's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess the guy is, the the point is he's like so lovable because he's agreeable and nothing bothers him. Right. But and nothing bothers him because his head is empty. And that, well, yeah. And, and I think the thing with me was just more like at that stage, people would be like, this doesn't make any sense. Mm. <laughs> what we're doing is beyond reason. Yes. And you need to do this. Right. Because... The client said they wanted this, and I know that it's dumb. Uh-huh. And I just go, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> like, all right, I'll make this new proposal. That... I encourage you not to take that too personally because there's, I, d- I really did. There are no other similarities between you and that. I, I really did. I found it funny. Yeah, uh, Billy Eichner's new rom com directed by Nick Stoller. Uh, you heard about this movie? It's called Bros. No, groundbreaking because it's the first studio movie about uh, bros. <laughs> <laughs> no, not so much. Okay. About uh, uh, a same-sex relationship. About it's like it's a gay rom-com, and okay. but like it's not going to be some niche like Netflix thing. Interesting. That you, you can find. Interesting like, that that's the first. Yeah. Movie. So it really so it, is. It's Eric Stoller and who? Nick Stoller is the uh, director of uh, of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, the Muppets movie. Gotcha. He's like a good director. Okay. Um, there might be a little Judd Apatow in the water. <laughs> okay. Uh, and Billy Eichner is the writer of it. And gotcha. so he's like the he's like the shepherd of the project. And who's who's starring? Billy Eichner. Cool. Is the lead of the movie, and it's it, it's going to be a romantic comedy in in the nice. truest sense. But but it's it's forging new territory in in an area that is you know lacking, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, so what they've done really interestingly is they have made a commitment to only cast LGBTQ plus uh, actors in all the roles, including the quote unquote straight roles. Oh, interesting. I was going to ask about um, like who the love interest is. Do we know that? I don't know. They're starting to cast her. And I, I know Jim Rash is going to be in the movie, so that's cool. Okay. Um, but like kind of flipping the script a little bit, like where for years and years it was supposed to be this like great and brave thing for a straight actor to do to play a gay character. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in the movie is in, in their real life, um, uh, identifies as LGBTQ+. Wow. But like if they're just playing like Joe who's married to Diane next door in this movie, just as well. Man, I hope that Armand from uh, White Lotus. I can't wait to see more of that guy. Because I, I saw an, uh, an interview with him and I think that he is uh, a, an, a, a member. Yeah. <laughs> an, an ally. Yeah. Uh, and he's like something about it was like how he really wants to put a focus on like making 
like queer content. Nice. So well, he definitely <laughs> broke some new ground this year, didn't he? <laughs> oh, he sure did. <laughs> so I think that, like, I mean, the where his his like stock is rising at this point, I could totally see them being like, we got to put him somewhere in this movie. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's so magnetic. Yeah, I I knew that from the first episode. I was like watching this guy, this buying stock guy. on this guy for yeah. sure. Uh, Chalamet's Wonka reboot. Uh, we already knew that Keegan Michael Key is going to be in that. Mm-hmm. Now also Rowan Atkinson. Huh. Sally Hawkins. Who's Sally Hawkins? She was in Shape of Water and she's in the Paddington movies and she played Maude Lewis in the... Okay, we're good. She's done like weird stuff so you can see how she would be <laughs> sure. in this as well. And Olivia Coleman. Oh, mm. all right. All right, so they're filling that thing up, that cast. Yep. Okay, uh, numbers from Netflix. Have you seen this? Netflix has for the first time ever released top 10 lists of the most viewed things on their platform. No, I didn't see I this. have two top 10 lists. One is their uh, most viewed uh, series of television. Okay. And top 10 most viewed movies. Series uh, at number 10, Ginny and Georgia season one. We never did that on the podcast. No. Uh, nine, Money Heist season three. Never Be- did that on the podcast. <laughs> Brent loves Money Heist. He tries to get me to watch Money Heist all the time. I've kind of had a go at it before evidently a lot of people like money heist yeah it's Uh, a spanish like dubbed movie number eight stranger things season two okay number seven two yeah it's all broken down in seasons number seven you season two and uh season three comes up really soon actually uh number six and number five 13 reasons why seasons one and two respectively wow it, it doesn't strike me as odd that the seasons would be blocked together on this list because you'd think people would be binging the whole thing. But it's weird to me that like Money Heist season three is unto itself on mm, this list. Yeah. Uh, number four, The Witcher season one, Henry Cavill. Oh, wow. Number three, Strange, this... Stranger Things three. Okay. Makes sense. Number two, Money Heist season four. The Whoa. second most viewed season four of Money Heist. Just worldwide, it's I guess. an international like, thing. And that's yeah. going to play into what we're going to talk about later on the podcast. And you can guess number one. Uh, number one series. Oh, uh, Queen's Gambit. Oh, uh, Bridgerton. It is Bridgerton. Okay. But now that you mentioned Queen's Gambit, I'm like a little surprised it's not in the top 10. That's not on the list. Uh, top 10 movies. Number 10, Murder Mystery, which I've actually seen and it kind of rules. Okay. They're doing a sequel. Number nine, The Old Guard. I can't, I don't know what that is. The Old Guard. I think it was like a, I think it was like a Guy Ritchie joint. Uh, number eight, Army of the Dead. No, I haven't seen it. Number nine, Enola Holmes. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but people said good it's things. cute. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, right. Helena Bottom Carter coming back for the sequel. Number six, uh, uh, Spencer Confidential. You watched that? No, no. What's this? Oh, oh, wait. It's, yes, is it a, it's that a Mark Wahlberg movie? Yeah, that sucks. It, it's, I mean, it was an entertaining watch. Is it? Uh, I probably got on here and was like, oh yeah, we watched it. But is it the Pearl great. Harbor fella? Is it the Transformers director? What's his name? Michael Bay. Is it Mike Bay? Michael yeah. Bay? Mike Bay. <laughs> is it Mikey B? <laughs> is it Mickey Bay? Um, Six Underground? Is that Six, Michael Bay? Six Underground is Michael Bay. Okay. So I'm getting those two confused. That's number five. Uh, number four, The Kissing Booth 2. Ugh. Number three, The Irishman. Okay. Number two is Extraction. What is Extraction? What is Extraction? Oh, it was a... Uh, um a uh helms not a helms movie um helmsworth hemsworth hemsworth one of the hemsworths okay played liam this, hemsworth liam hemsworth not thor uh not thor okay or maybe no it was thor oh chris hemsworth chris hemsworth yeah 
played this like ex army dude who like goes in on a mission. I Gets extracted. Yeah, yeah. No, he has to like, extract someone. Oh, okay. That kind of thing. <laughs> That's the titular plot. It was crazy. Can you guess number one, the most viewed movie on Netflix? No. It won't surprise you when you hear it, but this totally went away. This had a moment two years ago where it was like all anyone could talk about. Is it a Netflix movie? Yeah, it is. It's all anyone could talk about. And now it's like, oh yeah, nobody talks about that at all. Bird Box. It is Bird Box. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Bird Box was a good watch. I was oh, fine really? with Bird Box. Are they going to do oh, you another didn't watch one? It. They must do another Bird Box. Is you didn't it? see Bird Box? No. Why would I watch Bird Box? It's a it's a decent hang. It's not it's a bit, I remember people were like it's the most terrifying thing you'll ever see. And people were like putting bags over their heads and like there flying airplanes whole, and stuff. There yeah. was like all kinds of dangerous stuff that was happening. <laughs> yeah, people were walking outside not being able to see. Um it's just kind of a, an interesting concept. Not the greatest movie, but like it was a it was a good watch. I liked it. This is uh unprecedented in the podcast. Do you mind if I uh pause for a pee? No. Okay. Go for it. I had a beer with dinner. Oh, wow. Goes right through you. I know. Hmm. I don't think I've ever been alone on mic before. I don't know if I like it. I don't hate it. I guess now is the time that I can really take over. Not sure what else I've been watching. Suppose it's kind of been a bit of a dead period, but... I'm interested in getting back into some uh, good old-fashioned kind of kind of movies. I started watching Donnie Brasco. Not sure if you've ever seen Donnie Brasco, but it's not the it's like a 1997 Johnny Depp joint uh, with Al Pacino. It's kind of a a weird vibe. It's a, it's supposed to be like a I think they were trying to be Goodfellas adjacent, but it didn't quite work out for them. It was it was okay. It's it's tough to to do a a time a period thing that takes place in like so it was nineteen ninety seven and this movie. T- I'm talking about Donnie Brasco. Oh yeah, okay. Pacino. Yeah, started yeah. watching it. I've been watching it piecemeal, like twenty minutes at a time. I love doing that with movies. Yeah, yeah, just like when Jen goes up to bed, and I'm like, okay, well, I've got like thirty five minutes before I go to bed. Yeah, started watching Donnie Brasco. Not a terrible watch. No, people Al- like that. Al Pacino, um, Johnny Depp. Johnny oh, Depp sure, yeah. plays a, a. He's like an in too deep detective. It's kind of like pre. Uh, <laughs> pre departed. <laughs> pre-departed yes but very departed vibes okay but it takes place in like 1990 or 1990 <laughs> 19 like 79 kind of thing like <laughs> early late late 70s yeah um based on a real guy i think it might be why else would we call it donnie brasco yeah i don't know um but yeah, like right away, you know that he's an undercover cop right? and that he's kind of in too deep. <clears throat> but the interesting thing is that like Al Pacino isn't like a heavy hitter in the in the mob. He's like kind of a a guy who like wants to be made and like people are getting like, <laughs> okay. people are getting like upgraded around him. Like yeah. Michael Madsen is like getting upgraded, but he's the, the in for, for uh, Johnny Depp. I don't know if he can pull off like wanting to be bigger in the mob in movies now. Like, I think it's <clears throat> like, like there's a knowingness of having the guy who like rose to the top of the Corleone family be 
literally Jimmy Hoffa in The Irishman, right? Like, right. like I think a lot about the the meta casting of of actors, and I think maybe I think it actually happens more than people realize. Um, but like similarly, you can't cast Seth Rogen in a thing where he like tries drugs for the first time. You're gonna be like, this is ridiculous. I don't buy this. Yeah, I I think that's probably why he wanted to to do it because he was like, I want to play a fifty five year old man who's like living in apartment living in an apartment with who's like also like a a gambling addict hmm. who is like throwing away his money. He owes people money. His son's like a junkie, and he can't really get ahead because he's not getting like made. Okay. He's kind of past his prime. Right. But also he can get Johnny Depp like into it. He's like bragging about his like 26 hits. It's a weird, and it's also a period piece. Yeah. So you're like very into the seventies. There's like disco playing. It's just a weird, like, why does this movie exist? But also having a good time while being here. It's not like a rewatchable though, is it? Like people don't really talk about Donnie Brasco. I'm aware of it. I can remember the poster in my local convenience store when I was. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. It's, it's from 1997. Yeah. It's just a weird, it was just one of those movies that I hadn't watched. Okay. But I've, I've heard it mentioned like enough to watch it myself. You're getting into the mob movie mentality for uh, many saints. Which is coming out? Maybe that's tomorrow, part of it. I think maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I want. I hope I can watch it. Like having not watched Sopranos for ten years. Oh, you'll be that. good. The fact that you've seen the Sopranos at all is gonna be great. I'm I think sure. so. Yeah. Should we talk about shows? Where we've got yeah. lots to say tonight. Let's get into. it. I think it's your turn to pick. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and I'll recap Squid Game. Okay, we're gonna get there right now, are we? We're gonna do that just because. Okay, well, once we talk about Squid Game, there's not going to be that much to say about Foundation. For sure, we're going to talk longer about Squid Game. You think so? Don't you? <laughs> yeah, probably. Probably. All right. Okay, uh, you recap. This is, uh, you know, previous to what we were saying about, about international shows actually having a lot of influence on overall Netflix viewership internationally. Mm-hmm. This show is on track to being like the most viewed thing ever on Netflix, right. which just seems to happen every six months conveniently for yeah. Netflix. Yep. Um, but I guess their subscribers are up or something. Maybe that's why gotcha. you recap the first episode of the most talked about TV show in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Squid game in three, two, one, go. So song is living in Korea with his, uh, mother, his old mother. He's like gambling addict, derelict. He has a daughter, but he can't even like afford. He's like stealing from his mom and betting on the horses, uh, loses all his money basically uh goes on a downward spiral his he meets this guy who's like hey let's play a game he gets slapped in the face a bunch of times loses a bunch of money but gets like ten thousand won <laughs> anyways <laughs> he he's i'm over time but he's in debt he gets this card from the guy who's like hey listen you should play this or you should give a, give me a call and he like, basically we're gonna we're gonna pay you he gets like targeted he's in so much debt and like he just gets approached by this random guy in a suit and he gets recruited for this opportunity to potentially make more than enough money to pay off his debts right and so <clears throat> you learn that all of these degenerates have been kind of targeted for this this game yeah where they get picked up they get drugged essentially in a car <clears throat> or gassed and then driven to this location, which is on an island, um, and this game essentially ends up. They wake up 
first of all, creepy. Mm -hmm. They wake up with like these green sweatsuits on. They're in like a big, vibrant barracks. Yeah. And there's 456 people who have been imported. And he's number 456. He is the last person to agree to this. Yeah. So he ends up, um, they end up like getting woken up. These creepy people in red suits and full masks come out and basically say, hey, we're starting this game come out and play this. There's some objection. Hey, you took all our stuff. Why did you, why'd you do this? And then it's kind of highlighted like, Hey, listen, you're all degenerates. You all played this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all wanted to be paid. You know that we'll pay you. We did pay you. Um, but you also like clearly are in such debt that, you know, you're going to want to play this game. It is important that they say as they're like kind of welcoming them, mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't want to do this, leave now. Yeah. You're free to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, they play this game. The game is red light, green light. There's this big, creepy figurine. They're playing out in this kind of schoolyard area. Uh, the people that are moving when she announces red light end up being sniper rifled. So, yeah, it's like that classic game where like you're trying to get across the lawn. Yeah. And the person who's it is hiding their eyes. The green light, you go and you go. But if you get spotted when they say red light, you're out. You're eliminated is what they say. Right. You, you have no inclination that it's going to be death. It happens to people. one guy first. Yeah. And he gets shot in the head. Yeah. And he's dead. Yeah. And then it happens to about 200 people all at once. Because everyone tries to like yeah, escape. And at that point, I don't understand how you're not just like completely still. Well, that's what the guy does, the the hero. He doesn't move at all for a long time right. until he realizes they're on the clock. Yes, and if he doesn't have like four minutes. If he so. doesn't reach the other side of the yard, by the end, everyone who's left is gonna get shot too. Right. And so there's this like really tense thing where like he almost stumbles, but one of the other people grabs him and holds him in place and then he makes it across the finish line just in the nick of time. Yeah. Um, I've watched a lot of episodes, so I kind of forget how it ends. I know I, that I read the whole series uh, synopsis. Did you? Yeah. Okay. So um, that must have been interesting. Do you do that often? Never. Okay. So the does it end with them like basically like going back after like two hundred people have been killed? And that's... so the second episode, you've seen the second episode. I've seen the second episode, but how does the first episode end? It ends there. It ends there. He okay, he like, survives. I think it they, pretty much ends immediately after that. The and so and it's my understanding in the second episode, they actually they have a vote and everyone quits the game and they go home. Yeah. They're back to their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Which is kind of a tedious episode because it's basically just like, I mean, it's probably necessary. But, but it's then everyone, they end up coming back. It's everyone quickly. realizing like, oh, yeah. why did we like want to come, come back? Because we're all in such debt. Our lives are kind of a mess. We can't afford anything maybe we should come back. So like a a large majority of people actually come back. So you, how, how many of these have you watched? Like six. So there's 10 of them, I think in total. nine episodes. You've I been watching them fast. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of like we watched the first two episodes of foundation and then walk me through your screen. emotions when that bloodbath starts happening. I mean, I was, I was interested. It's like I was saying to Jen earlier tonight, <clears throat> I was like, I think the way that I would break down Squid Game is it's a an okay watch. Like you do want to kind of keep going, see what what kind of happens to to these people, but some of the people are so like they 
big grit. It's like watching like Scream or something, mm-hmm. you know, where there's people where you're just like, oh my God, I can't wait till they get rid of this person. Yeah. It's not They're like, caricatures. it's not like you're watching like Haunting of Hill House or something where you're like, oh, they're, they're all really interesting. I want to like. And they're all li- complex. They're all complex. I want to know more of their story. It's not necessarily that. Right. I actually don't even find the main character that complex in the first episode. No. I, I think a lot of the choices, the social choices he makes are absurd. Like yeah. when they wake up in the barracks and he just starts talking to contestant number one. Yeah. And giving him advice about like, why are you here? Or like how he speaks up. It's just, I don't, I don't buy it. You'd be horrified to there, be here. There's something to be said too about like the way that the dubbing is done. Actually, I think a lot of the voiceover actors are genuinely untalented. It's it's yeah. rough. Yeah. I noticed last night that you could watch it like with the actual Korean. Oh. And just watch the subtitles. Maybe that's I di- better. I didn't know that was an option, but yeah, like there's one character on it and she's absolutely like insane. Mm-hmm. And the way that she's voiced and it's the same with uh, the pickpocket girl. No. Okay. Uh, she's she's fine. Yeah. But the uh, the main character in the first episode, like, wh- like, why are you yelling like yeah. this? Like, you're just randomly yell. Anytime that he randomly yells, it sounds so strange. Agreed. And I'm like, well, someone should have been coached through this more. It seems like they tried to do it maybe like really quickly, maybe. But also, it matches up a lot with the with the yep. mouth, and I think maybe that's part of it. Maybe, yeah. They did a good job of that. Like, it's, it's very easy to forget that you're watching a dub other than that some of the acting is kind of overdone. Yeah. Um, it's it's also kind of similar. It's I related a little bit to Uncut Gems in that, like, at least early on, <laughs> before, before, like, the Battle Royale sequence. Yeah. Like, it, it's similar in that, like, he, when he wins the slap bet thing, he makes a bunch of money and he just, like, starts going around, like, giving out money to people. Right. And, like, he gives his dinner to a, a, a feral cat yeah and it's just like remember in, in uncat gems where like you know he has debts and then he comes by money honestly and you're like okay you're free go pay that go off. fix it stop giving it away and yeah. he does exactly the same thing but i guess that's just being a gambling addict i think so <clears throat> i think so yeah like like he's on such a high when he wins and i think uh this is the most horrifying thing we've ever done on the podcast yeah <laughs> Um, I was deeply upset after I watched it for like half the day. I was in a bad mood from yeah. having watched it about 10 years ago. I watched the movie drive mm-hmm. and you had similar reaction. I was angry. I was so, wow. I was so mad that, wow. that this thing existed and that people are just saying it's good without mm. internalizing any of the consequences of what, what it means that they've arrived at this place in their life where they think it's good. I'm not judging you or anybody who no. who likes the I show. I wouldn't care if you did. The thing is, it's not even that I think the show itself isn't good because it's it's what it ought it's what it tried to be. Mm-hmm. But like it is. I mean, it's the same thing that like Total Recall was and like Hunger you know, Games. Hunger Games, exactly. But like. Yes, but it's quite brutal. It's a, it's it's, a, it's absolutely like a what a, a lowest common denominator kind of kind of. I think like, it's a step beyond that because it's not <laughs> it's not um, trivial. It's like 
it's in, it's in, it's and I also don't want to be the lady with the weird hat who's like interviewing Quentin Tarantino in the '90s and asking him why his movies are so violent. I'm not a, I'm not <laughs> a, against violence and stuff. I like it often, but there's a big difference between that and this. But even even the 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 style isn't interesting enough to like. It's not like you're. It's not even like Saw. Well, no, but Saw was so clever. Exactly. Well, but it's not even like Saw and like that there's a variety of ways that people are like even dying. Right. It's usually just like, okay, you failed this. Now we're just going to shoot you in the head. Yeah. It, it's like, like, I it's almost, not unlike I almost, Saw though in that it, they do seem to be preying upon people who are so deeply flawed that they need to be punished. Yeah, but they, they, there's also a weird. Here's here's the funny part, sweets. Is like there's a whole kind of South Korean parasite element to it about class, about class, where yeah. they're like, and and later in one of the episodes, the head guy even says, and I'm like, man, it really feels like they shoehorned that in. But whereas, like, it's so unfair to them out in the world that we need to make this. We need to make the rules followable and everyone has the exact same chance to win. Unlike out there in society. Like right. but it's like okay, so you're just playing like schoolyard games to try to he, he makes it seem like he's he's benevolent and trying to give these. But he's people... only doing it with people who have nothing. Yeah. And they have real problems. Like it's not like the show is 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 bringing together but but billionaire. But his and, argument is is that they have problems because the odds were always stacked against them. They were always oppressed. Yeah. They just never really had a chance. And then so, so they were having they, fun with their oppression. Yeah. But he's framing it in a way of like, no, no, like we're trying to give them a, a chance back by like just following the rules. And playing the games, unless you stumble Exa- playing red light, green light, one hundred percent. That that's the that's the whole crux of it. It's like this isn't. I understand that they're trying to be parasite, but yeah. it's really not. No, but that's the difference. It's like there is actually something really brutal that happens in in parasite, mm-hmm. and I'm not judging that because it's earned and because the story matters and because it's fleshed out and because the quality is there. I'm not saying that this this show doesn't completely lacks quality it's, it's 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 not that i also think that there is room in this world for stuff that's just fun to watch right what i think is a huge problem is when the stuff that's fun to watch aligns with the brutality uh and there's nothing more because i do start to wonder like what's wrong with the world that the that like with a bullet so to speak the most popular thing ever on netflix the most popular of the streaming platforms which is the most popular method of entertainment in this age happens to be this fucking brutal thing that actually teaches you no lessons and isn't a quentin tarantino movie right you're taking it too seriously i mean i think if it's not for everyone obviously you watch the marble episode I did. Is it as uh, sad as I understand? Yeah, yeah. It was like that was that was one time where I was like, "Oh, I like what they're trying to they're trying to show some heart here, mm-hmm. like a little bit more like character complexity, some depth." But but still, it's like 
it's just not necessarily. And then you have like the big, um, you know, kind of like hardy villain that, you know, is going to like the mob boss who's going to make it to the end and then die at like a super tragic death, not yeah. a tragic death, but like a, a super, um, uh, catastrophic death that everyone's kind of cheering for it's just it feels like we all kind of know where it's going yeah and there's it's not going to win any awards i'm not going to have it on any top 10 lists but i am kind of interested just to see what they do with it especially because of all the talk about it yeah there's a lot of talk about it but it's i think it's because of a lack of other things happening do you know squid game is that a, a playground game you've heard of before no no me neither no, but I, I remember Red Light, Green Light. I remember Marbles. Like I played playground games. Yeah, but there are some games in this that are like either, either super Korean, mm. or we just never played them. Well, I don't give it my S. In case you were unsure, right? I mean, I give it, I give it my S in the sense that, like, you, you know what? I'm watching all of it. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else on, and uh, like I said, it's it's just there, right? Here's the tricky thing about Foundation. I watched it last night, mm -hmm. and today I spent so much time thinking about Squid Game that <laughs> I'm not really sure I can tell you what happened at all in Foundation Pilot. I can try to help you with it. Okay. I think I, uh, I think I've got a decent memory. I've watched the first two episodes. Okay. Already. Well, why don't you put me on the clock? I'm not sure I can talk for 30 seconds, and I'm definitely not sure that I can I can give you any kind of story or or structure for what was going on, but. I I guess I'll man, man did the show go on? Uh oh, I'm I'm feeling edgy now. Something struck a nerve in me. All right. Okay. So you're feeling good. Ugh, I guess. Alright. Okay, so we're gonna recap. To the extent that I ever feel good. Foundation in three, two, one, go. Jared Harris plays some kind of uh architect of he's a scientist. Yeah, he's, he's like a mathematician. And he's revered by the there's like a super extraterrestrial scientific landscape and there is a black prism in the sky and it serves as some kind of portal. And there's a girl who through most of the episode is like a youth and then also she's an adult and we, we flash forward to 30 seconds. It must be over by now. Yeah, you, you hit 32 seconds. Holy okay. shit. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> so, oh my God. Okay, so I'm going to- Oh, and there's an evil emperor too. There's an evil emperor. Yeah. Okay, so first, yeah, we start out and there's that kind of like floating monolith on this planet. We're not necessarily on that planet at that point. Right. I mean, we we go to a different planet where there's a, a young girl and she's going to meet this mathematician. Mm -hmm. He's like a, an all-star mathematician. By the way, Jared Harris, incredible actor. He works so much. Yeah. I just watched him in Mad Men where he's incredible. Yeah. I had no idea he was Richard Harris's son, who was the original Dumbledore. Oh, I didn't know that either. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Um, so she goes to meet him she, on her planet. Like math is outlawed. Like there's a whole like religion that uh, they footloosed math. Yeah. You're not even supposed to like, yeah, they don't like science and math. Okay. They hate that stuff. So she kind of like clandestinely has, has to go to this other planet um, where she's able to kind of like showcase her skills. She thinks in a different way. She's like super brilliant. He knows this to the point that he like points out this like predictive measurement. That's like, you're going to go against me in council. And she's like, no, why would I do that? And he's like, because I know that the em empire is going to fall 
and I'm going to let them know that. And like, you're going to, I don't know, go against me or whatever. And she's like, well, right. how, how can you know that? Anyways, she goes back and like checks the math or something. And she kind of finds that there might be an alternative to the empire falling, but like he is by and large, right. Okay. She kind of like sticks with him. She goes to trial. There's three emperors essentially. So there's like emperor, you know how there's like an old guy, a middle guy and the kid. Yes. Oh yeah. The kid. Yeah. They're all the same person. Oh, they're doing like, is that clear in the first episode? No, not really. Oh, okay. We kind of like, I mean, they, they, they say it. All right. But you, you really have to like live it. You really have to live it. You got to be there. Gotcha. And they don't do a, a good job of explaining it clearly really at any point. Really, that middle, the middle guy, yeah, the, the like thirty-year-old guy. He, he's, he's the one the, who's like in power. He pulls the focus, yeah. yeah. Um, but essentially, old guy is like, like he cloned himself, and there was like an older guy who like cloned himself, and then like, yeah, they continually do this thing. Okay. And so that's they're all empire, and apparently Isaac Asimov had a book called, I think he had a book called Empire. Maybe. I mean, this is based on Foundation by Isaac Asimov, but there's a crossover right. event? Yes. Okay. So there, he had Empire, he had Foundation, mm-hmm. and then he had iRobot. Right. Um, in any case, uh, Harris ends up speaking to to the council about how, like, yeah, the Empire is going to fall, and they're like, ah, oh, we're going to kill you. No, we're just going to kind of, like, send you to a different planet. Mm-hmm. And so her, him and the girl get like banished to this other planet okay that's kind of the whole thing and they're they're also like working for what they call the foundation yeah which i think is like to preserve the the world at the same time there's like a terrorist attack mm-hmm. oh that, that's that's right that's the big action at the end yeah, of the episode and and this is kills partly, like a hundred million people this is partly why i was i'm kind of out on it already is because like the pilot runs an hour 12. And by the way, I think that shows like a real lack of self-control. Like at least try to make it the length of an episode of TV. Right. Just tighten it up a little, tighten up the screws just a little, little bit. Yeah. Um, and where this is often being touted as Apple TV's Game of Thrones, their effort mm. to make something that's like really big and, and saga-esque yep. and, and, and expensive. Mm-hmm. Um there are beheadings throughout the first episode of Game of Thrones and you get nothing until the big explosion for the first hour yeah, and seven minutes of this. Slow. It's real slow. I did find it really interesting though. I was like, while I found it kind of slow, mm-hmm. I was like trying to think of it through the lens of watching Game of Thrones for the first time Yeah, and just being like, man, there's a lot of families going on here. Like how, how is anyone ever going to keep this straight? And then just knowing that I did. I just think in, in comparison to Game of Thrones, I found this so utterly charmless. Like you think about the way you're first introduced to all the characters in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and like you're pretty excited about all yeah, of them right away. And I, I like Jared Harris and I guess I like this gal. But like other than that, I'm well, there's the dude from Harry Potter who plays um, the I don't know the actor's name, but he was Dean in Harry Potter. For a while, I thought maybe he was Walt from Lost. And then I looked him up and he was um, and he's like the, he's like our age. Right. Um and so I guess he's going to matter going forward. But like other yep. than that, I can't really think of anybody who who really mattered in what should be a pretty broad ensemble drama. And and I think you you might have like 
confused something. You said that the girl ends up being like older. Yeah, is that not her? Planet. No, that's actually 35 years later. So yeah. Jen and I think that that's because this girl's like in her like 20s. Yeah, okay. Which I, I thought the same. I was like, Jen, how old is this girl supposed to be? Is she like 14? Jen's like, no, no, she's like mid 20s. Oh. And uh, the basically in the second episode, I think that her and Harry Potter guy get it on. Okay. And then they flash forward, you know, it's 35 years later. I think that might be their kid. Oh, that's kind of good. Yeah. I liked at the beginning when it's like four scrappy kids climbing up the ashy mountain. Right. I was like, okay, maybe we're doing like a stand by me thing. Right. But then that goes away. It goes away. Yeah. It does go away. Um, Yeah. There's a lot, a lot going on. A lot to unpack. Expensive AF. This. I pilot. think that's kind of what I liked about it. It's just like, like it's so visually. Yeah. Like, it I looks good. Wanted, I even wanted to watch the, the opening credits over again. Yep. I was like. This is cool. Like, there's there's a lot happening here. I, I, what I've heard about this show is that it is quite flawed. Yeah. But it has potential to be a good ride. Right. I didn't really see that in the pilot episode because, obviously, it has the bones of something that, you know, it has a good stage. Yeah. It felt quite charmless to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that it's bad. Like, I think that it could find its footing. It's just going to need to do it really quickly because... Um, the marquee is crowded and already right. Apple TV is not like the place where people flock the quickest. Right. Um, but you kind of like it or have you kind of given up on it after episode no, no, two? No, I, I like it. I, I wish that it would be all like bingeable because I think that you stand to lose people week by week with this show. Yeah. Because like the, the heat can very easily go off of it. But I, I think we're going to stand it out. I think we're going to watch the whole season through. Good. Well, I hope you. I hope you enjoy it. It I, did have a gruesome moment as well, where they blew up that janitor guy. Yeah, they just eliminated him right there, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, that kind of I think was the 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 King Joffrey moment where you go like, oh yeah, this this guy's a bad dude. Look at us making all these Game of Thrones connections That's already. Right. That's I mean, right. I could this podcast could age poorly in five years. We might all be like talking about Foundation, but I don't see it yet. No, I'm willing. I'm willing to give it the the time of day. Okay. Yeah. Good. I'm going to pass on giving it my S, which means I had a two no S's episode. You had a zero S episode. And I'm going double S. Oh, man. We disagree on Squid Game. Yeah. Ugh. I know. It's, like I said, it's not going to make my top 10 lists, but I'm interested enough. It's maybe different enough. It's also like it shows its hand really quickly. In for, the for, sense, be, for being brutal in the second episode like the cop goes to the island okay it's an island it is an island i don't think yeah. i read that okay um so it's like a contained area and like very quickly they find out that i mean he just like it's almost impossible to think that this person would be able to get along in what's happening like yeah. he he like basically steals a it, it's like the equivalent of stealing the a, cop or the main guy the cop yeah steals like like the um uh what's the word i'm looking for uh i'm trying to make a star wars comparison here he, he steals like a, a uh uh what's the the main villains are the uh the guys that the, the starfighters the the tie fighters the stormtroopers stormtroopers thank you okay okay right. so what i'm trying to say is like it's the equivalent of stealing a stormtrooper costume okay 
So he like steals the stormtrooper costume, but then you're living the rest of the series with this guy being a stormtrooper, like trying to figure out what's happening. Sorry, say it again. The hero or the cop? The cop. Okay, all right. Who might be the hero? Right. He actually probably would be the the main hero. Well, I when I say the, hero, I just mean like the main the protagonist, main the, the anti-hero of the show, who right. I forget his name. Yeah. Who has a daughter who, by the way, he accidentally gives her a gun for her birthday, which is actually just a cigarette lighter, but it looks like a little Beretta. Right. And she pulls the trigger in the restaurant. like just <laughs> While to, pointing just it to, at to, him. To test it. It makes yeah. no sense. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. There's a lot of things with that that guy in the early episodes that just don't make sense. Mm. I, and I'm not sure. I, it's supposed to, I think, be like a character building experience for him, these squid games, and maybe he's going to win some money. But like, what an awful character building. Experience. I knew nothing about Squid Game going in, just that it was so popular. But like, I thought maybe it's a reality show. Oh, like, no, Like no, The no. Circle or Survivor. No, like, no. They say it's like it was like a horrifying show. That's good. Like, it's a, it's a horror show. It's one of those shows where they're like, where it's like, it's almost like Bird Box, where people are like, you can't watch it without like throwing up. People are like leaving the the theater. Like Passion of the Christ. Remember when all the old biddies were like dying in Passion of the Christ? Yeah. <laughs> I more think of like Blair Witch Project, but yes, <laughs> people were like speaking in tongues while watching Passion. Yeah, of the but there's also like a bunch of 90 year old women who were like passing out in the movie theater. What a brutal movie to just go and watch. And again, nobody not rewatchable. Nobody talks about Passion of the Christ. No. The P of the C. Yeah. No. It, like if anything, like totally tarnished jim caviezel's career jim caviezel yeah he had a show i forget if it was it person of interest with michael emerson maybe michael emerson did a show with someone and jim caviezel did a show i'm just not sure if the two are the same i think person of interest like was jim roth uh not roth uh uh not jim roth british dude i don't know anyway it wasn't jim caviezel okay all right. Want to wrap up this sucker? Yeah. Did you send me a Will Smith? I did. Day? So there was a whole thing that Neil Brennan posted. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, a lot of people ask, like, where I, uh, who told me about ayahuasca in the first place? And it was Will. And then you, like, slide over. And it's, like, a big, like, admission from Will Smith that, like, yeah, I've never, like, really smoked. I've never really drank that much but i did these ayahuasca trips as like a 50 that's year old so weird that like that's your jumping off point yeah into hallucinogens yeah and he's like talking about these deep experiences he had and how it like enriched him as a person anyways all this to say neil brennan was like cool i'm gonna do that too but the focus here should be that will smith was the hookup was yeah tripping out yeah ayahuasca to have a life enriching experience curious like he he's got the disease of more <laughs> is that an expression like he could he's got the disease of he more. couldn't just he was he couldn't just be happy with what he had he was no. like i gotta go I got to go deep. I got to go introspective. Well, not being able to be happy with what you had ties in to my other Will Smith thing this week, which is that Jada. Yep. Actually, it is a Will Smith admission. He finally said in no uncertain terms that he and Jada have an open marriage, but it's because of what Jada wants. She doesn't believe that a union should be a prison. (laughs) Okay. Because, you know, she's not happy with what she has. I mean, she was in the Matrix. Right. 
she she understands that there are the world that we live in right might not be you know might not be all that it's cracked up to be don't confine her let her soar that's right you can't right. cage that bird no sometimes you gotta drink a, a weird <laughs> weird poop tea in the woods and <laughs> and start tripping balls you know that the 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 part that actually makes you makes you uh uh poop that's that's not actually a, a common that's because it's typically held in like an old like coke bottle oh and there's actually just a lot of bacteria so that's okay. what makes you sick but the property itself apparently doesn't make you do that but you don't speak from experience or anything i don't i actually no. speak from a friend who did it yeah at like a controlled um ayahuasca retreat in europe to be, to be fair like people who go on those retreats are constantly like telling you the thing you don't understand about ayahuasca no, no. The thing that you don't understand is that it's actually true. it's the Coke bottle. I will say, I will say, I, I was, I didn't even know that he did this. Yeah. And somehow the topic came up, and he was like, "Oh, I did like a huge retreat, actually. Do you want to hear about it?" And I was like, I, "Absolutely, of course I do." Right. Tell me all about this. There's a short list of your friends who I can imagine this person was, but we can talk about it <laughs> off microphone. Uh, all right. For all those reasons and more, never trust. You, Will Smith. you never trust Will Smith. <laughs> you never trust Will Smith. Specifically Will Smith. There's other people you can other Smiths you oh, can trust. You should trust most people. No, not mm -hmm. most people. It's a scary world. But you should never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith.